Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 527 Underground Podcast, where we talk about comic books and comic book-related themes, including Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, anime, webtoons, or whatever crosses our minds. We're your hosts, Teddy and Maria, and we offer two different points of views, one of an avid collector, which is me, and the other, an excited fan, which is me. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How's everything? Good. Hanging in there as usual. Okay. So, I guess I'm starting this off with uh, welcoming a guest. Okay. And usually with this guest, it means that we're going to be discussing something specific. Let me see. Throughout this podcast, which is Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh and that boy. means we have Chris in the house. Our resident expert. Our Star Wars resident expert slash genius. Yes. The encyclopedia. <laughs> the curator. Chris. <laughs> Thank you for that amazing introduction. You're very welcome, <laughs> Thank sir. Thank you for having me. How it's are well you deserved. doing? I'm doing all right. Good, good. All right. So, uh, there's been something that Teddy has been dying to talk about all day because it just came out in the news today. Mr. Teddy. Well, as of early this morning, the Wall Street Journal was actually where I got this information from. Had reported that Scarlett Johansson is filing a lawsuit against Disney, alleging that her contract was breached when they released the film, her Black Widow movie film, mm-hmm. um, on a streaming service at the same time that it was released on the on the, the- uh, excuse me at theaters. Mm-hmm. And there, she's claiming that in the suit that the agreement that she had with Disney was that she was guaranteed exclusive theatrical release and that for the most part her salary was going to be based on those box office performance sales. Right, the percentage. Right. So, of course, by excuse me, by having the movie um, stream on Disney Plus while it was show, while it was being played on theaters for the most part, will have an effect on the uh, box office performance sales. So that's pretty much what her, uh, what the suit is about. Um, we'll see what Disney says about it, but it's kind of interesting to see that that they never did decide to renegotiate her contract before they decided to put, if the, if the story is true, that they did not um, decide to, re- to renegotiate her contract while knowingly putting out her movie on the streaming service. Well, the thing is that her people did reach out to Disney prior. So once they did find out that Disney Plus was going to be streaming, mm-hmm. um, her people did reach out to, to them and was like, let's try to renegotiate this because now you're actually going to be doing streaming service, mm-hmm. um, which on her contract is stipulated that it was only supposed to be released exclusively, exclusively on to theaters. theaters. Right. So, exactly. you know, all of a sudden when it's doing that, they reached out to them. Disney or Marvel mm-hmm. did not uh, communicate with her right. or her team or whoever's in charge of the, her legal matters. Right. And, um, yeah. Well, I mean, this, for the most part, her salary was, again, like we mentioned, her salary was based upon the uh, box office performance sales from the movie theater. Now, knowingly and understandably, being that they've put this movie out on their streaming service, it will have an effect on box office sales. So, from what we know, since March of 2020, which was pretty much when we were all in a pandemic and everything has closed down, the Black Widow movie so far has made the most, has, I think, the highest gross is, is the highest grossing movie up to this point. However, um, 
she probably feels and i'm and i'm certain and it's totally understandable that she probably has not earned what she was supposed to earn because prior to the pandemic let's be real in box office sales the movie would probably would have earned more money absolutely um, and so on and so forth so of course with by putting it on the streaming service and there probably wasn't any type of stipulation stating that she would also get sales from the streaming service because as well. the streaming service didn't really exist at the time when they actually decided to film the movie right so how are you going to actually put any type of stipulation in the contract when the service wasn't even in existence as of yet or if mm-hmm. it was in existence, it wasn't that they were going to be doing major blockbuster movies on Disney mm-hmm. Plus along while it was, you know, being shown in theaters. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, for the most part, her sales, um, her sales were not what she, well, the sales of the Black Black Widow movie, uh, the box office sales were not what they had expected because of the pandemic for the most part. But at the same time, you know, the, Disney is at the end of the day winning this situation i mean right now they're having a backlash because in the mm-hmm. beginning before scarlett johansson decided to come up with the, with the lawsuit i remember having a conversation with you saying that you know you know they're saying that the movie's not doing that great or whatever mm-hmm. but that's because mm-hmm. 60 million at the time when this release when, when this was reported mm-hmm. 60 million dollars mm-hmm. worth of revenue was coming in through disney plus alone right so with that being said, when they're actually having that revenue coming in through the through Disney Plus, they don't have to share that money with the box office, you know, with the theaters mm-hmm. or with Scarlett Johansson because that was going straight into their pockets, into Disney's pockets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of messed up. They should have put into effect in terms of what she should be getting, what percentage she should be getting from the from the streaming service. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to say this, but I'm pretty sure if Robert Downey Jr. was the one that was having, you know, an Iron Man 15 or whatever the right, case right. may be, Things you know, would have been renegotiated, right? they would have renegotiated and this would have never mm-hmm. hit the news. And mind you, let's take in, let's bring in, bring um, Robert Downey Jr. into this uh, conversation. Let's not forget, for the most part, she was a character that had first appeared in Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man movie over 10 years ago. Right. So, you know, needless to say, she does deserve, um, She should, first of all, if anything, my opinion is that she somehow they should have renegotiated her contract where she should have gotten some type of whatever, whether it was some uh, revenue from the streaming service or a better you know some type of stipulation stating that well uh she should have been guaranteed such and such you know dollars for doing the movie now we take what happened in the other uh competition um which is dc or rather warner brothers or at&t's acquisition warner brothers what they did was they actually renegotiated with their talent and out of all the movies that are coming out, they've managed to have like a sum of like over two hundred million dollars, where they were actually going to pay their actors. I could tell you this: this is never going to happen again. Well, we'll see what happens because remember, as of right now, we know that the Jungle Cruise movie is supposed to be coming out this week. Mm-hmm. I believe actually this Friday, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. Now, Disney had put out some statement, and I'm going to paraphrase here. Disney had put out some statement stating that after the uh, release of the Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock mm-hmm. and Emily Blunt, that they were going to solely put their movies out on theaters first, like give them exclusive 
they'll have like a they'll be exclusively shown on movie theaters before they put them on the streaming service. Now, come on, it, you know that isn't Shang Chi about to come out? Right, but it's gonna come out in movie. It'll be exclusively played in movie theaters and th- in theaters first before they put it on the streaming service. So, so there'll be a time, right? So there'll be some type of uh, or some you know some time before they put it on the streaming service. If there's something that Disney doesn't like. And, and I'm a huge Disney fan, but there's, if there's anything that Disney does not like, it's bad press. Right. And the fact that this is happening, the fact that she had to go to the extreme mm-hmm. to actually create a lawsuit, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means that whoever was in charge mm-hmm. of doing this contract mm-hmm. with Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. is no longer probably working for Disney. No, they're, they're, because, pro- they're probably still working. They probably got demoted, but they're probably still working. Because they really <laughs> dropped the ball with this one. Yeah. You know, and the thing is that they've been holding out and holding on, holding on this well, freaking that, movie. That was also the problem. The problem um, because of the fact that they held out so long with this movie, because of the pandemic and other factors that had come into play. You know, in a, in a sense, it's like Scarlett Johansson was not really getting her fair share of the re- of the revenue mm-hmm. because of what has happened, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the world. And so she's just really fighting for, you know, she's really fighting it was for rightfully what hers. rightfully hers. Exactly right. So, um, you know, I guess kudos for the most part for on her behalf for trying to make sure that everything is set straight. Is everything set right? This will set a precedent. You, I can almost guarantee you um, for our future movies, particularly now that we're seeing other uh, movie studios or TV studios or streaming services trying to get in on this because that's going to be the latest thing now. All these uh, shows and movies are going to be playing on these streaming services. Mm-hmm. So now how what is going to happen with these actors? Will they have to renegotiate the contracts where they get a part of revenue from the streaming services? How is that going to work? You know, yeah. talking about other other like streaming services like um, let's see, NBC Pe- uh, Peacock is another new streaming mm-hmm. service, and NBC Universal has one, and Paramount is someone, and yeah, exactly, yeah, um, and so on and so forth. Amazon so, Prime, the right. you know streaming service, right? Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens, and for future movies will their will the actors' uh, contracts have some type of stipulation where they'll get some you know, piece of the revenue from the streaming service? Or will they, will their salaries be solely based on box office performance? If that's the case, will these movie theater um, studios showcase the movies on theaters exclusively for a limited time and then decide to put those movies back on the uh, streaming service? Not a problem with that is that everyone's born, everyone's putting all their marbles in these new streaming services. So in order for them to attract subscribers, they need to have that, you know, that carrot. They need to have something to bait customers to subscribe. One of the things that worked at the time was showcasing these movies early or showcasing these movies while they were being played in movie theaters. They can still do that and still provide the revenue necessary for the actor or actress that's actually involved in the movie. I think they there, can. There's, if anything, they can actually be able to provide them with more of money because they're not having to split the funds with uh, the, the box office, with the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. You know? So... It's well, remember, movie theaters don't get 
really a, that much of a percentage. But they do have to pay them a percentage because they are distributing these movies. Right, but I mean, movie theater—that is true. Because I is understand true. the movie theaters make their money off a of concession, Conce- which is right, why everything's exactly. so expensive. You know, like seventeen dollars yeah. for a cup of water. for a hot dog. <laughs> so you know, it's it's, it's totally, especially now. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that, with pushing that aside, you know, still they had a contract specifically stating that the movie is going to be exclusively for, for theaters, theaters exactly. and she agreed to that and now they mm-hmm. went and say mm, you know what um we're going to actually start dropping it on disney plus because people are still not sure about going, going back the out theaters. into the theaters okay right. fine but if you're going to mm-hmm. cater to the to the fans or you're going to cater to your streaming service people or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be then you need to cater to the star that's in the fucking movie so like let me, that's the most important let me pose thing. a question out there would you consider this a breach of con- contract absolutely yeah because the thing is that they said it was exclusive the, the, the breach was there it right. was there when they said it's supposed to be theaters. exclusively in theaters. Now, all of a sudden, it's in theaters and streaming service. And right. then the fact that they're still making money off the streaming service. Mm-hmm. Disney is still yeah. making money. Mm-hmm. So, once you went one way, the moment that you decided to announce we're going to actually stream it was the moment that they should have picked up the phone and be like, Miss Johansson, yeah. this is what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Let's renegotiate the contract and see if we can come to some understanding. Right. I'm sure if they would have reached out to her first... This, this will not, not be really happening. Exactly. exactly. You know? But the fact that people are saying, oh, well, the movie's not doing that great or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that hurts anyone's pride, mm-hmm. especially since this is a movie that's female lead. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. So. But, I mean, not for anything. They're just going based on box, uh, box office performances compared to other Marvel movies, and the pandemic does play a, a major role in this. The ticket sales have plummeted from its first release to the movie that is, Black, Black Widow. But take whatever amount it is that was actually subscribed, that people actually paid for in advance in the Disney service, pro, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Disney, Disney Plus, Plus service, and add it on to the box office sales, and you'll see the numbers go back up. You know what I'm saying? Well, Everyone is... Well, her, her pay, pay and also up, right. whatever the numbers for the box because they're real quick, and this is the thing that irks me sometimes mm-hmm. is that they're real quick to come out and say, "Oh, well, the movie's not doing that great," mm-hmm. but they're not taking into account all the different situations that are yeah, happening, and they're like, "Oh, you see, a female lead movie uh-huh. is not going to do that great." Man, mm-hmm. fuck you with that. Right, right. That's that's the most annoying thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of situations that are going on right now. That movie was good. Do I have mm-hmm. certain issues about the movie or how it should have been played out? Right. My only issue was Taskmaster. Right. You the know. Character, right. Um. They, you know, I'm not gonna say why because I don't want to spoil it for anyone mm-hmm. if they haven't seen the movie yet. But my issue was Taskmaster because I feel I feel like once they changed that, they kind of cheapened the role mm-hmm. and they cheapened the fight scenes. For me personally, right. that's just All my right. personal opinion. Right. But. I think the movie was really good mm-hmm. and it had a lot of depth into it and the mm-hmm. fight scenes were phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know? But again, that's besides the point. I think that she should get her fucking money. Just I give agree. her her money. Yeah, that's I it. agree. I totally agree. Yep. So, so yeah, that was, that was burning <laughs> inside my head all day today. So. Man, let me tell you, when I read that, I was like... What? Yeah, I I was surprised too. The nerve. Yeah, I I was surprised that you would figure that you know because Disney's really so really great when it comes to anticipate making all these anticipations for stuff like this you know for whatever that they would have had this covered. But I was somebody shocked. dropped the ball. I was really shocked and surprised to, Someone to see that. The ball. Yeah, 
So some ex-employee dropped. The ex-employee, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Someone that got demoted. So next person that's giving you tours may have been that person that dropped the ball. I once used to work in that office, and now I'm here showing you guys where the fuck to go. Ah, uh, jeez. You know. Yeah. All right. So that was interesting. So what's next? So what is next? Let's see. Unless you want to jump into your your next topic. I guess not. I guess it's me. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to bring in Chris uh, into this section because uh, we're going to actually start talking about Star Wars. Star Wars. There we go. Okay. So, I found out that obviously the Ahsoka show is supposed to be happening. Right? Yes. Okay. So excited for that. For those that don't know, Ahsoka Tano is supposed to have a live action show. I don't know when it's supposed to drop. They haven't really announced when it's supposed to drop. Hopefully, it's either next year or... More likely, probably next year, I would imagine. Yeah, because um, they're already starting with the process with the Mandalorian Season 3. Season 3, right. So, they're already And you would figure that, that they, they would have to do some type of pre-production for this Ahsoka show as well. Yeah. Right. So, Ahsoka was mentioned, mm-hmm. or it was shown in the Mandalorian Season 2, yeah. a live-action version, playing by Rosario Dawson, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes. Um, and she happened to mention in one of the ep- in the episode that she was in, she was looking for a Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes, someone play the organ music because we have some organ music. Oh my gosh, they need to have organ music when he comes in the scene. Absolutely, I, <laughs> they Absolutely. need to have some organ music. <laughs> Absolutely, some organ music when he comes in the scene, a live action. So I found out that somebody actually leaked this. Yeah. Saying that they actually have the actor, the script. No, don't jump oh. the gun. Oh, okay. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because we know who the actor um, is. Description of what the show is supposed to be. Yeah. So it says Ahsoka Tano is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in the hope that it will help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, Bridger? Yes. the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago. Which, in terms of years, <laughs> yes. Uh, Rebels took place nine years um, yeah nine years before the Mandalorian yes yes okay. yes <laughs> alright got this I, right yes because <laughs> right. I was going to say five years before Invisible High Five okay Invisible High Five bang so okay. so this, this is supposed to take place nine years in terms of when Ezra Bridger disappeared right yes mm-hmm. so I come to find out that they have casted Ezra Bridger and oh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I know about Grand Admiral Thrawn, but okay. Ezra Bridger, I'm surprised. Grand Admiral I'm Thrawn. Getting... Now, let me just ask the curator, the expert, the <laughs> encyclopedia <laughs> of okay. the Star Wars in terms of uh, sure. who we have. Um, who is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Chris? <laughs> who is he in terms of character? Who is this bad motherfucker? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, he is, as you called him. Um, the bad motherfucker of Star Wars. Uh, literally, organ music plays every time he walks into a scene. Before he walks into a scene. Before he, even before. During, yeah. even, during his scene. Even during, you know. <laughs> he, exactly. He's, he's like the. I don't know. The the way I, I like to think about him is like the Sherlock Holmes of mm. the Empire. Like, there's a scene in the rebel uh, in Re- the series Rebels, where, uh, you know. He- Hera gets caught trying to steal her family's calicori, which is like a, uh, a, it's a 
piece of artwork that's native to her planet and to the Twi'leks and stuff like that. It's passed down from generation to generation. Whatever. She gets caught, and Ezra is just, like, dressed as a stormtrooper, getting ready to, like, get her out of that situation. And there's this whole thing that, like, Thrawn deconstructs everything. Like, he knows exactly who she is, why she's there, and what's going to happen next based on the fact that she was there to take the Calicori. Mm, and no other geez. reason. And Jeez. he's like, I know exactly who you are, because this is... Like, if you were just a random thief, you would have stolen anything. You're stealing right. this, which has no value to outsiders. This only has value to the families that it belongs to. So you must be mm-hmm. Harrison Dula. And then... Damn. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Ezra goes to spring the trap, but then uh, Thrawn stuns him, getting... Like, he, he anticipated it. You know, and then they're like, oh, how'd you know? He's like, oh, because rebels always have friends jumping to the rescue. And I'm just like, oh, this guy. <laughs> well, I come to find out that the same actor that voiced Grand Admiral Thrawn is actually playing the live-action version yes. of Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn, Thrawn. Which is going to be Perfect. really cool because his voice was so eerie. It was, yes. it was everything. It was, it was the character. Yes. Yeah, it like, was so eerie that, you know, to be able to see it in live-action is going to be spectacular. Do you know the actor's name? Yeah, Lars Milkelson. Milkelson? Yeah. Milkelson. Incredible. And then, freaking incredible. And then the actor that's playing Ezra Bridger is Mena Masoud. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing it that name wrong. Familiar. He's actually known for his role in Aladdin. He was Aladdin. Ah, the yes. Live action the version live action of Aladdin. Yes. So, Good for him. Which is really cool because, I mean, yes. he's agile. He can move mm-hmm. around. He can, you know, he's, he was dancing and stuff like that. So right, that means right. that if he, there's any uh, physical mm. um, physicalities that he has mm. to do to play the part of Ezra Bridger, it's going to be phenomenal. You know, like he'll be able to, to keep up with and what's Ezra necessary. And Ezra Bridger would be aged nine years. So he was already when I think when Ezra Bridger disappeared, he was eighteen, right? No, when he disappeared, when Ezra Bridger disappeared, he was in his early teens. No, no, I no? thought he was eighteen. There was a there, in the show. There was a gap. So that was like, I want to say when they first introduced, um, when they first introduced Ezra, he was like I want to say like twelve or thirteen, right? And then there was like a three year gap after uh, Kanan lost his sight. Um, and it like he he had come back and everyone thought he was gonna go to the dark side and stuff like that. But he was like at that point, it's probably like uh, could be early twenties. No, 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 no. It was like when he was when he left, he was probably like sixteen. No, fifteen or sixteen. Okay, but by the time this live action show comes out, how old do we think he will be? Maybe I guess if that's, that's the case, why I said eighteen or early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know how long it is um, after, uh, because in Rebels, there's like a, a span of time between like the last episode when he gets taken with Thrawn into hyperspace mm-hmm. and when uh, Ahsoka comes back to find uh, Sabine to go look for, um, to go look for Ezra. But if they're going to go off by the Mandalorian when when Ahsoka actually showed up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mandalorian is supposed to take place like you said five years but it's actually nine years now yeah cause now two. because of the different season or whatever so if that's the case then it hasn't really been that long 
as as long as we thought it was gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means Sabine, you well, know, he would he, really uh, he would probably be around Luke's age because Luke and Ezra were, were around the same age. Like I think when Ezra was like 13, Luke was like 12 or whatever. Okay, so then if Luke showed up, no wait, the, wait, you oh. yeah, but when Luke had showed up at the end of the Mandalorian, he was young, and he was young. So that well, means, and remember that was because when he started with the whole thing, he was eighteen. So maybe early twenties. Yeah, could be could early twenties, mid twenties. No later, no older than mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. you know, it could be. But yeah, he's gonna be played by um, uh, Jesus, I forgot his name already. Minima Saud. Yeah, Minima like Saud. So I'm excited about that. Now. Let too. me ask you a question, Chris. Um, a while ago, when we were talking about the Bad Batch, you had mentioned that um, Grand Admiral Thrawn was actually somewhat trained by a Jedi, a dark Jedi, that was actually a clone. A dark Jedi that was actually a clone. I think... Um... You have to refresh my memory. I don't remember his name, to be honest with you. Um, but he basically... I know. Okay, actually, I think I remember what you're talking about. I remember... Uh, that was in Legends, though. Right. So, the reason why I'm bringing that up is that because they made mention of it. I, I saw some reports that they may mention that um, someone of that caliber may be coming up in The Mandalorian Season 3. Ooh. Well, it, it's it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that. Um, one of the things that this show is kind of doing, uh, which is interesting, is that it, it seems to be, like, going away from the comic books. So, like, all right, in the beginning of The Bad Batch, when you see uh, Order 66 happen, right, um, it basically gives you, like, the back... Kanan Jarrus' backstory, you know, he's there right. with his master and, you know, he's on this, like, snowy-type planet, if I remember correctly. And, right, you know, right. the the clone troopers around her were with, like, I think they had, like, green, like, uh, paint on their armor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this stuff happened. And they actually did um, a Kanan series in the comic books. Yeah, that's true. Where they... Completely, they basically threw out his origin story in the comics and replaced it with what we saw in the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Because in the comic book series, the clone troopers that attacked him wasn't the Bad Batch. It was like two. It was the you know the troopers in his own unit. Two of them specifically, like I think it was like the commander and the captain or whatever. Well, I think they did that just so they can have you know some type of premise. I, and mind you, I, we still haven't finished seeing the Bad Batch. So right. yeah. But the reason I, I bring that up is to say that with what we know about Thrawn so far, like we got we got a lot of information about the character in the new canon from you know the novels, right? Like mm-hmm. the the Dark Apprentice, the you know the novel Thrawn and stuff like that. But as well as the comic books that he's mentioned in and stuff like that. But if that's a, you know a course of action they can go down, which is like them just retconning storylines already, I, it's. Uh, pretty much up in the air in terms of what we could expect from um, the character of Thrawn. 
you know, uh, like I said, uh, or I, like I probably mentioned in the past podcast, like because he's his character is basically from the EU at this point, the expanded expanded universe. universe. Right. Like anything from there can become canon. Like we could see mm-hmm. anything come from that. So we could see like a dark Jedi coming and you know training with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we could see him ruling as like the new emperor or emperor mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. over the remnants of the Imperial fleet. Like, mm-hmm. we, we're not really sure, because at this point, they could go anywhere with it. Right. I Yeah, I have to I have to agree. I think Thrawn will be the perfect antagonist for this Ahsoka um, series. Um, this would give the series an opportunity to expand more on his story, whether it's his origin, his beginning, his cold military leadership skills there's a lot to play with as a i mean i'm not a writer but i can only imagine the fun that writers will have writing this character for this series and if this series lasts eight nine ten or 13 episodes oh my gosh can you imagine because we've only truly seen thrawn in the rebel series like what at the tail relatively speaking at the tailor end of the series absolutely yeah you know and it really didn't de- delve so much about his character mm-hmm. but we knew he was a bad mother you know what it's those just organs, man. you know <laughs> it's those organs so i think this is the it's he's the perfect antagonist for this show and they're going to have a ball they're going to have Absolutely. such a ball, I believe, Absolutely. writing this character. And I can't wait for this to happen. I really can't. I'm getting chills all over. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really great. And I, I completely agree. Because when, when you think about like the character of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of... I guess in terms of who she is now, it's kind of like a perfect contrast to what Thrawn, Thrawn is. is. Good point, yes. Because Thrawn, like you said, is like cold, calculating. Cold He's very... Yeah. You know, there, there's a even... Um, a speech that he gave to Ezra at the end of the series of Rebels hmm. where Thrawn is like about to win because he basically held uh, Ezra's entire like city captive like mm-hmm. he's just like either come up and surrender or I'll destroy everything because I can right now mm-hmm. and you know Ezra's just like oh you know I didn't have much of a choice and Thrawn's just like yeah you could have won Had you, all you had to do was let your people die, die. and you could have come up here and kill me or whatever like that's all the the choice you have to make where we see like ahsoka like she's not like that at all she's very much compassionate and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it's gonna be interesting seeing that uh duality like those two sides you know combat each other i think they're actually uh, it's a really good choice in terms of the antagonist for i I uh, agree i don't know so much about the compassion at this point because when they introduced her in in the in the second season of mandalorian she didn't look like she had much compassion (laughs) (laughs) she looked like she was you know she had one goal and one goal only which was where the fuck is thrawn and you have Mm. the information and i'm gonna get it from you Mm. and she took down that entire fort yeah you know and was like jumping from tree to tree and being you know it, she had a mission and she got it you know so uh, you know what this uh, how, well, how we'll much see. compassion can you show an imperial <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like, but, but you know what this show can also do imagine seeing live action versions of other characters that we loved in these uh, shows that we haven't seen in movies like maybe Cad Bane 
Imagine if he made a, You don't think he'd make oh, an appearance? I don't want no. Him to. But you know, you Remind know. Remind me who Cad Bane is? Cad Bane. Cad Bane okh- was the. The Space Cowboy. The, yeah, there you go. I was going to say Bounty okay. Hunter almost. But yeah, uh, Space Cowboy. Blue counter. skin, red eyes. He wore the. The hat. The he hat. had the rim hat. He was um, in the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the. Uh, I could do without And then. It. Okay, if we remember Clone Wars, the. the What's her name? Barris. I'm reading here, but Barris. Oh, uh, Barris Offy. Yeah. She was the one that almost in a way convinced um, Ahsoka to leave the order or to leave. No, she was the one that framed Ahsoka. Oh, she framed her first, right? Yeah. But they were like they were friends at the beginning. Or they something were like that. They were friends, and then I guess it like she convinced her involuntarily. Like that wasn't yeah. her objective. Her objective was to frame her, to, but through right. framing her, when they asked like, "Why did you do it?" Her rationale was like, because I've seen that the Jedi are corrupt, and this is the only way. Right, right. You know, is answering violence with violence, and I guess that's what kind of motivated her to, to leave. leave the order. But you know, in a way, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's like yeah, I would assume that she's yeah. like, you know, it's like, do you want to use, uh, you want to use war weapons to encourage peace? Like, yeah, okay, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. So that's that's some mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Moving on to something else, something much different. Well, not really. It's still Star Wars. Okay. Um, I saw something that caught my eye. Mm-mm. Mandalorian for the Mandalorian season three. Um, and this this is the thing that kind of gets me. So there was a poster going around that is licensed by Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. and it's of Luke Skywalker and Grogu, mm-hmm. aka Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. In the process of building a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke is floating a yellow uh, kyber crystal. And Grogu is also floating the pieces of what would be a lightsaber. Could this be the foretelling of season three? For the Mandalorian? For the Mandalorian. Now, why the fuck <laughs> would you make a poster, right? Yeah. Of Luke... And Grogu, hovering oh, shit in the air. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And say, oh no, I just had creative license to make this poster. Therefore, uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be on the show. But it's a licensed poster from Lucasfilm. Are you going to show it and be like, eh? No, sorry, I showed you my skin. I can't. Sh- I can't. You know, I can't. I can't really confirm you think there nor was, deny. You think there was some type of legal, you know, legal obligation or legality behind all this by by showing it, but not proclaiming or saying such thing. Therefore, they're not really um, tied to stating that they had made such a claim. Okay, I think that they, whoever was the one that posted this poster, basically did what happens when you make toys ahead of time before the movie's released. Ah, well, the toys is different. You know what I'm saying? The toys is always the leak. Yeah, toys are always the leak, yeah. And you kind of get, like, what's going to happen, which is why no one ever created a baby Yoda for the entire season. They was like... They waited until that episode. The best kept secret. Yeah, yes, like yes. no one created a baby Yoda because you, they knew that this was yeah. going to come out and leak it because they knew that the toys is always the first leak. And mind you, this it wasn't poster, even called Grogu when it came out. Right. So here's it's called the, the thing. Child, yeah, the, the child. The child. The child. Right. Right. So here's the thing. 
there's this guy that was on YouTube. He's known for like uh, doing like a deep, deep face thing. Uh, basically, he can take a face of one actor and put it over the face of another. Okay. And change who they thought should play the part, right? Oh, right, right, right. So he actually redid the final scene of the Mandalorian in season two when Luke actually comes in through the mm-hmm. elevator. He redid it, and he actually made it look ten times better than what than what we saw. Than in the what show? we saw, oh, yeah. Wow. So what happens? Lucasfilm was like, "Wait, we need this motherfucker over here. We're gonna <laughs> actually get him to actually redo some of this stuff." Right. So he started working for Lucasfilm. What does he fucking say? Oh, sorry, I haven't posted anything up lately. It's because I was working for Lucasfilm. Why do you think? Oh, yeah. Why do you think? Uh. Because he was doing young. Um, Luke. Luke. Mm. So, it's like, I don't think it's Thrawn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think he needs to call anybody blue. So, I think that Luke may be making another cameo. I mean, come on. The, yeah, whole, the whole thing about the Mandalorian was trying to get baby, you know, baby Grogu from one place to another, making sure that he actually gets his thing, and then that's it. We're not gonna get anything more from Groku. Groku is one of the most important characters there, and you know the Mandalorian gotta go check in on him. So, <laughs> Daddy Lorian, Daddy Lorian <laughs> gotta go check in on him. You know what I'm saying? Gotta, he has to have his visiting rights. Oh, so, <laughs> you know, it. it, it you, you, the question is, is that poster legit, or is it just a hype? I don't know. We'll see. What do you think, uh, Chris? I, have you seen that picture, Chris? I, I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't. Um, it's news to me. I don't know. I want to say at, at this point, I'm fairly, I'm fairly convinced that anything along those lines is just straight up hype. Mm. Just because of how Disney's done everything since <laughs> <laughs> Rogue One. Yes. Like, everything about how they've done advertising for these shows has just been straight up hype, and very little of it has we've seen made it to, to, the, actual, to the actual. Yeah, that's true. Like, when you look at that, all the way back to Rogue One, mm-hmm. you look at that scene that was like everyone's favorite line in the commercials was like, oh, we're rebels, we rebel, or something like that. Yes. Did not make it into the movie. Yeah. At all. They're guilty of doing that in the Marvel uh, yep. movies as well. Not to go off topic, but I mean, point the the one trailer I remember seeing was that uh, Spider-Man uh, homecoming scene where in the trailer we see Iron Man and Spider-Man sort of like going off together out in the sky, yeah. which never made the cut. Yep. So, yeah. I you know, you at that. this point, you, it, it's like you have to separate the truth from <laughs> the the... The truth from the fiction at this point. When you look at that scene of, like, you know, Jen Ursula being like, we're rebels for rebel. Mm-hmm. Like, what was true about right. that? She wasn't a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, yeah. That meeting happened. You know, yeah, she just didn't right. say that. So You're Absolutely right. Yeah. In terms of this picture, what can I say is true about this? Grogu and Luke are together. Jeez. <laughs> such, a, such an asshole. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I literally feel the, the wind leaving my sails. Like, he just yeah. completely sucked the oxygen no, I out. I want it to be true. That would be awesome to see, like, a, a live action reconstruction. Ask. I did ask. Yep. No, that would be awesome to see a live action reconstruction uh, of a lightsaber, especially Grogu doing it, and it'd be a yellow. I, I would love to see that. A yellow lightsaber, though. That, that would, would be, be cool. amazing. Like, you know, but in terms of 
again, separating truth from fiction. Yeah. Like, the likeliness of any promo material being added to the show. I'm that I'm not going to... I'm not gonna uh, bang on that because mm. I don't. What I don't, I'm tired of being disappointed. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. I'm tired that of like, true. oh my god, I so can't. We don't want to have any scene. expectations. You just want to watch it, enjoy the show. I understand. See what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, uh, I'll I'll make my judgment based on what I what I see in the actual show. Okay. Will we see Moff Gideon in um, the Ahsoka? Show, <laughs> I don't know. He's captured. He may so. to be. I don't. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. He is captured. He's captured right now, so I don't see him being anywhere close to there. I mean, he wants to kill escape. himself. Moff Gideon. That's like um, you know, that's uh, a Mandalorian villain. That's like seeing Joker fight Superman, which like, has happened. It has happened, but it's just weird. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, at at this point, I don't think Moff Gideon is, is an issue right now. I mm. think um, who's gonna be in charge of Mandalore yeah. is a, gonna be the number one issue. I was about to say, I think Bo-Katan's probably gonna be like the main antagonist. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine already seeing like a civil war between like Bo-Katan and her people and, versus yeah. like this guy and the uh, the I I don't want to call them zealots because. They they live by the creed. They're not like t- technically mm. air quotes Mandalorian, mm. uh, right? Because right, they're right, not from right. the planet, but they live by creed. They live by the creed, yeah. You know, so I I, I can see that that's probably. But then he took off his helmet like several times. Over. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. But it's something to look forward to. So I am excited about that. Yeah, I really am. Absolutely. Really good. So I think do is there anything else this. No, okay. Um, (laughs) I think we are done. I just want to mention that uh, soon, sometime um, early August, Mm -hmm. we will be having a Harry Potter special. Um, A Harry Potter theme podcast. Yes, it'll be based on um, mostly theories. Mm. And what will we possibly expect by the next um, Fantastic Beast? But um, it was mostly theories that, you know, how people, you know, like, break down all the Harry Potter movies and the Wizarding World and stuff like that. So we're going to have a, a good amount of people involved <laughs> in the Harry Potter um, theme special. But I will be announcing when it will be airing on Instagram at 527 Underground. So I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Pretty good show. Pretty yeah. really good. I like it. So if you need to find us, you can find us at Instagram and Facebook with the same name at 527 Underground. Um, make sure you check out our YouTube channel at 527 Underground as well. Um, if you have any comments or suggestions in terms of what you want us to cover, make sure you DM us and let us know uh, what you want us to cover. Right? Yep. yep. That's pretty much it. Teddy will be doing some more quickie videos because if not, I'm going to grab him by the back of the neck. <laughs> but uh, no, quickie videos are going to be coming more. We've just been a little bit caught up with life. So <laughs> that's going to be happening soon. Um, and you'll be able to find that also on Instagram and also on Fat27 Underground YouTube. And we thank you all for listening to our show. Thank you so much. And we thank Chris for coming in and being our genius guest, Star Wars resident expert. He thank needs to for- pass by more often. <laughs> thank you for having me. And I definitely do. It was great. It was really great. And we thank all you listeners. And thank you so much for supporting us. And we uh, hope to hear from you soon. Yep. Have a good one.